Hey, so before this episode starts, I wanted to let you know that I'm running a free webinar training on how I reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers each year and generate partnership revenue through authentic brand partnerships. It may be that you're feeling really cash strapped at the moment. Maybe you're over relying on Facebook and Instagram advertising, or it could just be that your marketing strategies are no longer cutting through or working like they used to. Either way, it's absolutely time to use brand partnerships. There's never been a more necessary time to integrate this tactic into your marketing strategy because partnerships can drive both reach and revenue for your business, which is really exciting. I'm only going to do two free sessions on this. The first one's on Tuesday, the 2nd of August, and the second one is on Wednesday, the 3rd of August. One's at lunchtime, one is early morning. Um, And to register, you can do that for free via the URL, bit.ly slash reach 100k or bit.ly slash reach 100k. I look forward to seeing you there. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to This Is How We Do It. We chat with brilliant marketers to delve behind the scenes of creative marketing collaborations and brand partnerships. I'm your host, Jess Rufus, and I'm the founder of Collabosaurus, And together with Microsoft Store Sydney, we are exploring how collaboration marketing can build a business and we're chatting to the pros about how they do it. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to This Is How We Do It. Today's guest is a legend in the world of brand collaborations, and that is the wonderful Lana Hansen, who is the Chief Growth Officer at Lifeguard Press. And for those of you who don't know, Lifeguard Press is a brand that has facilitated partnerships for the likes of Kate Spade, Vera Bradley, Lily Pulitzer, for example. And Lana is also the founder of Link, so she's a busy woman. <laughs> uh, we were able to coordinate this podcast episode from opposite sides of the globe, and I'm so thrilled to share this conversation with you because Lana is a seasoned growth strategist. She's the central hub and secret weapon leading partnerships for many exciting brands, designers, and retailers across fashion and lifestyle. So from Starbucks to Sephora, for example. And she got her start in the industry working with labels such as General Pants. She managed designer relations for IMG Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, and she's the former VP of sales and marketing for Swell. So she knows her stuff and is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to leveraging brand collaborations as a means to grow. Thank you so much for tuning in and don't forget to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Without further ado, let's dive into the interview. So for everyone listening, can you tell us a little bit about your role at Lifeguard Press and Link? Yeah, I definitely do that. So <laughs> I started at Lifeguard Press actually through Bando. So Bando is the uh, bright, optimistic brand out of Los Angeles. And I was there for a few years, you know, as a COO. And that was such a fantastic experience. And Lifeguard Press actually owns Bando. And after two years of that role, I decided that really the most fun I had instead of any of my roles was growth. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so I ended up somewhat taking a risky move and pitching a new role for myself within the parent company at Lifeguard Press, which was a growth officer. And I've been doing that for a couple of years and, you know, it's new territory, but really fun to sort of navigate new ways to drive revenue through partnerships, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, new channel opportunities uh, via relationships, really all I do and every day, day to day is building relationships, optimizing relationships and, and friendships. 
Totally. And I'm such a fangirl of Bando. I've been following Jen Gotch for ages. <laughs> it's such a cool brand. Um, so you've facilitated some really incredible partnerships and brand collaborations over the years, like not just for Bando, but, you know, Kate Spade and Starbucks, for example. Do you have a favourite among all of them? You know, it's interesting. I had to really think about this because there's different objectives. Like choosing for, a favourite child. <laughs> yeah, it is, you know, and I've been doing it for so long. But, you know, we've partnered with everyone from TED to Refinery29 to Sephora um, mm-hmm. to Benefit Cosmetics. But I would say the one that really stands out where I learned the most um, is Starbucks. You know, I mm-hmm. ended up sort of having a really solid relationship with the collaborations lead there. She's actually um, Korean like I am. And so that was always a nice sort of connection to talk about that. Uh And, you know, she had sort of reached out. We'd been in touch for a long time in previous partnerships at various other jobs like Swell. And it really was sort of a natural evolution of her sort of saying, well, what brands do you think are trending? And millennials is really a market we're looking for. And of course, at the time I was at Bando. And so it was sort of one of those kismet situations where it wasn't really pitched in. Um, And, you know, we really thought about what it could look like for Bando as a brand. And I think we're such a Los Angeles based, uh, bright, fun, sort of optimistic brand. And, And really that was the concept. And so we ended up doing two collaborations um, for summer, like two drops, mm-hmm. and they were so successful that the relationship actually then sort of stemmed to a six-project deal. And I think when that... I was going to say, because I've definitely seen the cups around like for Christmas and things like that as well with Bando. Yeah. You know, so we did the two in Asia Pacific, and that was sort of very intriguing because... In the world of partnerships, you know, typically, you know, I've been in New York now for about 14 years in LA for three of those years, and it's typically North American deals. And so this one was really interesting because it was Asia Pacific. Uh, We could bring sort of American culture being at LA to those regions. And, you know, it was sort of a great learning curve to really figure out how do you work with 16 markets, essentially, in a place that sort of is so far away. And what we realized is there was so much engagement for the brand, like people either discovering it through this partnership or already knowing. And because, you know, it was all activated by social and digital, everybody got to see it, right? So our followers, the Starbucks followers. And then what happened was everyone was sort of like, well, why aren't you bringing this to the US? How come only Asia Pacific, you know, (laughs) customers can buy this? We were like, well, if it was up to us, we would have it everywhere. Um, And so what we ended up doing is, you know, kind of hunting down the North American contacts, getting introductions and then, you know, really great. We ended up getting three uh, more partnerships out of that relationship for North America. And it was great because we ended up sort of appeasing these consumers, direct to consumer customers were like, hey, we want to buy into this collection too. So it was sort of a win-win for everybody. Amazing. And so much, you know, feedback, I'm assuming through social media and things like that would have played such a role. Totally. I mean, to do two drops, I think was great because, Mm -hmm. you know, one, we sold out of the first collection quite quickly in the markets. And, you know, of course, that's the nature of collaborations. They're sort of these brand sparks and moments and that's the outcome that you want. 
But then we knew that we had a second collection coming. So we had to be quite secretive about that (laughs) fact. Um, Uh And, you know, on social sort of, you know, going back and saying, look, you know, we're we're sorry it's sold out or we're sorry it's not North America, but, you know, ultimately we would love to do more with Starbucks. So um, there was some privacy involved with that. And then, you know, once we'd sort of done the two Asia Pacific collections, we then knew that, you know, something with North America was coming around the corner as well, which was, again, going to answer the needs of our customers. But again, we had to keep that quiet. So it was sort of like <laughs> this um, parcel of all these great happenings, but, but really listening to the customer. And what was also wonderful is we learned from each collaboration to inform the next, yep. right? So yep. we had insight to what was the most popular print, uh, popular item. And so that was all able to be carried over. Mm-hmm. And for everyone who's not familiar with the collaboration, what what did the collections look like and what did they involve? Well, our creative director, Ali, did an amazing job um, in conjunction with Jen and sort of, you know, the team. Starbucks was fantastic, actually. They really felt like Bando had such a strong brand expression, so they didn't interfere much, which is very rare. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and I remember having that call and like, oh, this is going to be easier than we thought. But, um, you know, it was really a surface design play. So what, you know, Ali, the director, did was sort of pulling together our best artists and we did a sort of beautiful hand-painted floral. We did... Um, you know, some sayings, you know, we did some stripes and a beach scene. So it really did have this feeling of like ultimate summer fun. Mm -hmm. And then it was really a collaboration with Starbucks. They ultimately know what resonates in their stores and the price point that their customer can, can, you know, take in. And so we really Mm -hmm. listened to them on that. And then we also proposed some best-selling items that we knew that our customer just loved from us, which, you know, Bando is, you know, stationary, cut and sew items, small pouches, travel. We do apparel now, but at the time, you know, it was really focused on sort of price accessible small items that could fit within a Starbucks store setting because Starbucks, as you know, is, you know, not like a department store. It's very small floor set. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so interesting to hear that, you know, you built this relationship over time and it didn't necessarily come around as this like big, hard, cold pitch in, <laughs> you know, of, like this idea. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about what did the timeline look like and how did the creative ideation flow in this instance because you had that pre-existing relationship? Yeah, I mean, I had done so many partnerships with them before. You know, I was the VP of marketing and sales at Swell and, you know, that was interesting working with Starbucks. We got to pitch to Howard Schultz, which was probably the wow. most intimidating thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> um, but I had insight to their lead times, right? You know, they it's such a large organisation with many different moving parts and they have such high standards for ethical sourcing and manufacturing. So I sort of had that intel, which was helpful. But at the, you know, when I first started working with them, I didn't have it. It was a steep learning curve for sure mm-hmm. to work right. with... Um, you know, a brand at that sort of magnitude. So 
really the process for most major retailers um, is long. You know, it's yeah. considered be a year to two years out. And, you know, that is sometimes a blessing and a curse. Like one, it's a blessing because you kind of have this time. But, you know, you don't know if the trends are going to be relevant in, in the next year. So you really yeah. have to, you know, go with your strike zones. So that's really what the strategy was, you know, with the creative director to go for signature bando known mm-hmm. prints and pattern and mm-hmm. put our best foot forward. And so it was collaborative. You know, there's approval processes and, you know, many people at Starbucks have to sort of finally say yes. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think what we submitted was we- really well received. So, you know, it was quite collaborative in that sense. And then, you know, ultimately once the designs have been set, once the line plan and the assortment has been set and, you know, samples start coming and that's the fun part. <laughs> Pardon the interruption, I'm popping in with a quick word from our partners at Microsoft Store. As you know, we hosted these podcast chats as part of our launch event at Microsoft Store Sydney and it was fantastic. What a lot of people don't know is that they actually host a ton of free events and workshops for small businesses and their employees. From free tech support services to small business consultations or workshops and personal training courses, they've got it all. So if you wanted to book in for a free consult in Microsoft Store, check the link in our show notes. Totally. <laughs> that would be so much fun. Some days I just kick myself. I don't run a product business, actually. <laughs> it's like I don't get samples. Um, and I know, I mean, it wasn't just this collaboration that you had going at any one time. You have, you've been managing so many partnerships over the years, like juggling quite a few sort of up in the air at, at any one time, especially with so many of them being planned, you know, a couple of years out because they're with such large organisations. So, which I love hearing that, you know, I I speak to so many different brands, big and small, and I think the lead times vary so much depending on the business itself, but also the type of collaboration. So like limited edition products, for example, inevitably have such a longer lead time because you've got to go through manufacturing and approvals and stuff like that there. Um, We had a conversation with um, the marketing manager for Barbie here, and she was saying, Um, very similar kind of thing with their collaboration with Peter Alexander. You know, it has to go through a ton of approvals. But that said, they did a collaboration with the Langham, which was like a mother-daughter high tea that they whipped together in like a matter of weeks, which is crazy. But (laughs) I would love to hear from you, you know, with so much of a lead time and having so much strategy in place ahead of time, how how would you describe your approach to brand collaborations? Because it obviously has to be incredibly calculated. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it always goes back to the relationship, you know. So my role really is relationship building, connecting. And, you know, ultimately, if there's an authentic relationship there, oftentimes partnerships will organically happen, right? So that's Mm -hmm. one way. Um, I think the second way and, you know, we started to, you know, sort of think this way and plan out and, you know, ultimately sort of when I came on board to Bando, we'd done some collaborations, but I think like most brands, it wasn't necessarily a channel of revenue. It was sort of there and people didn't, it was reactive and like, you know, but I think for us, when we really decided we're going to focus on this as a way to market the brand, um, then you start to think, okay, well, what sort of people and bandwidth is that going to take, right? And so Mm -hmm. I would say 
most of my time was focused on partnerships and then we ended up sort of, you know, hiring another person just to focus on partnerships as well. And then we, you know, did all sorts of fun stuff, you know, from surveys to figure out who our wish list was to, you know, optimising some of the launches we had and trying to enlist partners for those moments. Um, But Mm -hmm. then, you know, ultimately there's sort of those big fish that, you know, has such credibility within the market that, you know, you're going to be able to engage with an audience bigger than yours, but you have to figure out how you're going to bring value because those brands have thousands of people just sort of hammering them all the time wanting to partner. So I think after we did Starbucks, you know, naturally we did sort of start to get, you know, credibility in the co-brand space just because, you know, technically it's quite challenging to work with a major retailer of that nature. Um, And then each year we just, you know, group as a team, figure out where we would like to partner and and ultimately, you know, if you have a team that's sort of dedicated in those relationships, then, you know, most of the time you have dozens of conversations happening at once. You know, I think, Mm -hmm. yes, you can really go out and be very specific. Like we want to do something for Valentine's Day and it's going to consist of these products. But I think finding natural partnerships that, Mm -hmm. you know, really speak to both the brand strengths, the sort of the ones that have been most interesting. And, you know, those don't happen. Like you said, let's pull this off in two weeks time. Like, you know, oftentimes (laughs) those partnerships take like a year or even two or you're in touch for three years and then finally something happens. So I think patience is key, but also having a clear objective of sort of who you want to align yourself with is, is a good thing too. Absolutely. And the purpose behind that alignment is so important to kind of have in mind, I think, having that objective, like you said. Um, I think I see so many brands collaborate for collaboration's sake and it's kind of like, well, this doesn't make any sense because it's not adding value to the you know, audience. It's not the alignment doesn't really help either brand, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas when it's done well, oh my gosh, it can just be so, so effective. Um. Yeah. So from your perspective, why do you think collaboration marketing as a whole is so effective as a strategy? You mentioned the opportunity to tap into such a huge um, like audience with Starbucks. Uh, is there anything else that you see as hugely valuable? Well, I think, you know, really you're sort of trading brand equity, right? You know, each mm-hmm. brand has something and a customer and a fan base and that sort of you know, the obvious, like, let's share engagement with each other's audiences and that's sort of a, a lovely after effect, I, I'd say. I think for me, it's a chance for creativity to sort of win, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I think just trying to come up with things that, you know, some are formulaic and you sort of fit into a model if it's licensing opportunity or if it's a specific platform that you're going to enter into, Um but to me, I, I think the fuse of two brands coming together aesthetically is really interesting. So we've sort of focused more on product partnerships because um, mm-hmm. we, you know, Lifeguard Press and Bando are manufacturing companies and, you know, we have wholesale and we have direct to consumer and all of that. So I think it really serves like a moment where you can put something out into the world that is unexpected and, and maybe unplanned and and keeping your customers engaged in that way of like what's next you know is sort of yeah a good thing if it's done well so you know I would say that you know most brands and I think for Bando we you know always sort of want to know what categories we're going to in 
what could be next and how do we kind of test categories? I think that's another strategy for business is, you know, not everybody can manufacture everything, right? You know, it's like everybody Mm -hmm. has limited capabilities on what they can produce at any time. So if you can find a partner, um, you know, which allows you to sort of migrate in a small way into that market, I, I think you get a lot of interesting customer feedback as well. And, you know, I think ultimately it's sort of free feedback, you know, it's not yeah. paid advertising and collaborations. And I know you've spoken about this too. It is more of an authentic way to market instead of just paying for, you know, yes. advertising. For sure. And actually, the interview with Gelato Messina we did a few weeks ago, he said they used collaboration specifically to test a new market because they were like, well, we're not just going to go like open another store in Adelaide, for example, if we don't know that there's really an interested market there for us. So they did a whole lot of collaborations around there, which I think was very clever. I love that. And okay, I want to flip the conversation a little bit now because I'm sure you get partnership pitches all the time. Is there anything that stood out as like a partnership that's kind of gone wrong and what went wrong and was, you know, is there something that you could safeguard against in the future and maybe some advice for everyone listening? Uh, You know, I would say I have had a few deals, you know, I wouldn't say go wrong, but business just changes on on sort of the partner and, you know, we wholesale and sort of retail, you know, it's definitely changing in the US. And, you know, ultimately, some of these partnerships can take, you know, 18 months to close sometimes, but maybe you have the contracts that have signed, sealed, delivered, and you think it's a safe bet. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't control the other if it's a, you know, a group of retail stores from closing down, let's say, (laughs) or you can't control the fact that, you know, at a corporate level, leadership has, you know, your partner decided to move in another direction. So we have had a couple of instances like that where we sort of started to work on something and then ultimately the rug sort of gets pulled, but it's nothing to do personally with the brand, like with us as a brand, you know, it really is just a change of direction. So when that happens, you just, you know, you take it on the chin, you know, it, you know, Mm -hmm. it's out of your control, you know, you're doing your part and yeah, that can happen, but it's, it's all part of the nature of of collaboration and partnerships. You know, you have another party that, you can't control you kind of come together and if it doesn't work out then (laughs) there's plenty more fish in the sea (laughs) you know I I remember um, an advisor giving me some advice around like much larger corporations and you know because I've always worked in in my background which was PR and partnerships and stuff like that with like you know a few key relationships which are so amazing and often leaning on them as you do as well for like, okay, what's a natural partnership that we could kind of bring about here just with this pre-existing relationship. But often I found that, um, you know, they'd laid in an 18 month period, switched jobs or like moved to a different company or something like that. So I remember the advice being like, try and connect with six six people at any one large organization so that (laughs) you can like move the conversation along. Yeah, I actually just had an example of that. You know, it was the two leads that I was working with, you know, both left in a week of each other and then I was in touch with CMO and and they left. So I do think 
that is the challenge of partnerships. They take so long to actually come to fruition. So kind of going back to what we were discussing, that's why you, you have to work on them so far out. But then, yeah. you know, even when you get that contract signed, it could not be for another 12 months till it gets on the calendar and actually launches. So, mm-hmm. yes, change of teams and people coming and going is very normal as well. Mm-hmm. And back to positives, <laughs> what's, what's the biggest result you think you've had off the back of a successful brand collaboration? It doesn't even have to be the Bando Starbucks one. Um, is there anything result-wise that maybe was planned or maybe unexpected that came about and you were like, wow, that's had a huge, huge impact? Yeah, you know, I would say a few things you know at so I was at Bandeau then moved to sort of I still work with Bandeau but ultimately I kind of umbrella all of the brands with Lifeguard Press right and sort of looking mm-hmm. for opportunities and recently Lifeguard Press like the president and I sort of strategizing I was like look I think there's really a market for us to continue partnerships but, you know, after we've sort of partnered with our key brands sort of in-house, <laughs> right? Yeah. But we have this fantastic relationship with the retailer, you know, why don't we become a resource just for partnerships in general? And so we sort of tested that with Starbucks and we tested with Sephora and they're sort of clients of ours now, right? Amazing. And so what happens is, you know, we Sephora, for example, we did a collaboration with Bandeau and And then ultimately it's like, well, you know, we have relationships with a lot of brands. Who else would you like? And so I think that's sort of the key to collaborations. Like oftentimes they're one time in and out. And it's sort of a shame Mm -hmm. because you could really get along with the team and it was successful. But, you know, you've sort of done that brand and sort of, you know, double dipping or triple dipping is very rare. So I think that has sort of been a fantastic outcome of just trying to challenge ourselves as a business to keep these relationships for longer lengths of time. And so it's allowed us to really pronounce our manufacturing capabilities, the lifeguard press, our relationship. And, you know, ultimately we're able to sort of execute and deliver these collaborative um, capsules, which has been a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And do you have a dream, dream collaborator you'd really like to work with and who is it and why? Um, I'd actually say Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I was sort of thinking like maybe it's something completely unexpected for her, you know, but also probably something sort of surrounding human connection and potentially climate change with everything that's going in Australia, which you and I have talked about before. So, you know, I think what we do in collaborations can be so quick and in and out. So I think for me, trying to figure out partnerships in the new year that have meaning right Mm -hmm. you know and sort of do good or brands that do good I think will be sort of a focus and I think any brand with a conscious is trying to think that way too so Oprah feels like the perfect vehicle for that (laughs) yeah Oprah if you're listening get in touch please we would love to hear from you Amazing. Thank you so much for your time, Lana. That was so fabulous to hear your insights. Really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thanks a lot.